0: Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I'm grateful for having my family um, come in to my Thanksgiving, Um, and I'm thankful for life. I'm thankful for my mom, dad, and uncle. I'm thankful for my mom and dad. So have a nice Thanksgiving. Bye. Today is a really big day. Um, Today is Thanksgiving and it is also a full moon. It is November. Thanksgiving has always been a traditional thing within my family. Um, It was the foundation of us coming together and spending time together as a unit and in love and showing our love through food, laughter, and joy. And the person that was responsible for keeping these traditions alive was my grandmother. So in the last time, actually, that I got to see my grandmother was Thanksgiving of 2010, I believe. Thanksgiving of 2010. And um, to me, it was a very peaceful day. And I felt that way today as I was cooking dinner and I could feel the energy and I really wanted to share the things that I was grateful for as well. I am so grateful for my son. He is truly uh, uh, just present and really made me believe that anything is possible. He came after the storm, so my Rainbow Baby is definitely um, something to be grateful for. Rainbow Baby? I am also grateful for... um, You guys. Yes, I'm grateful for my audience, and I am grateful for all the people that have supported me on this journey and the people that have purchased a book, um, posted a book, read a book, uh, read my blogs... What would you like and to And even if you didn't get my book, my mom's still proud of you. Yes. Yeah, so even if you didn't purchase a book, I still appreciate you. Um, just following me on Facebook, following me on Instagram. Um, you know, I'm so proud of my growth and I'm so thankful for my growth. And learning that in the end, regardless of what things may look like, that I'm going to be okay And just really trying to enjoy the journey instead of trying to look forward to the destination. So I'm excited what this year is going to bring. Um, We're very humbled this year because uh, we don't have as much as we did last year. However, the love and the peace and the uh, connections are much greater. And I am so thankful for it. I, I want to also thank all of the people That have played a huge part in my life this year. Um, New friends, old friends, um, people that, you know, just really have loved me and helped me to continue on this joyous journey and really staying in tune to learning to love myself and live this life abundantly. So I want to say happy Thanksgiving to you all. Happy Thanksgiving to my family and my ancestors, especially my grandmother Ruth Gardner. Um, This day has always been epic and I'm sorry I did not purchase any okra still to cook because that was the last thing that she asked me to make. But um, she is always in my prayers and always in my thoughts. And it's so crazy because it's so interesting how smells and food and things like that just can bring back memories. And as I was cleaning the collard greens today, all I could think about was the tradition and that was one of the things that I used to look forward to to eat. So, again, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. We love you. I love all the people that have tuned into London's Prince that have supported it. In a couple of weeks it will be his birthday and November 30th was my due date. And actually, today was the day that my water had broke with London. So there are so many different things and different emotions and feelings that I have today. Like I said, today is a full moon. It's a day of manifesting. It's a day of giving birth to your dreams. So take the time to feel the joy around you as joy helps you just be creative and really just tune into who you are and to manifest all your desires. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy birthday. Um... Birth to your dreams. And again, this does. is very uh, a thankful day to my grandmother and my ancestors that have passed. Happy Thanksgiving.: Happy Thanksgiving to all. Here we are in episode eight of London's Prince, um, a podcast I have created um in relation to my memoir that was recently released in September. And uh we are in episode eight, and I know a lot of people are probably like, where is she going with this whole podcast thing? And as I stated, um I wanted to create something similar to an audiobook, however, I have input the chapters of the book. It is somewhat a podcast. However, I'm introducing you to some characters of my own movie and of my story. A lot of the people that I have interviewed on this podcast have played a key part in my evolution and me on this journey. And today, I have a spe- very special guest for you. This person has uh, grew up with me like a sister. She is the founder of v- Veganish Foodies. Uh, her name is India Russell, and she is my cousin. And I'm going to tell you guys, you are in store for some really good information and very insightful Uh, We go into our upbringing, growing up on Bristol Street to being raised practically by our grandmother, our relationship with our family and some intimate content in which my cousin is actually being very vulnerable and sharing her story about her experience with fetal loss as well. One primary reason I brought my cousin along is also not just because she's an entrepreneur and she's played such an impactful role in my life it was also because it's important for people that experience some form of fetal loss and i know it's difficult when you're in the process of healing yourself but to be mindful of how it affects those people around you and i'm interviewing these people because i think it's very important for us to See how them seeing you go through what you went through, how has it really impacted them emotionally and how have they uh, found ways to cope with it? So there's a lot of people within that story of a woman experiencing fetal loss and a lot of those people are not noticed or go unnoticed. That may be the husband or the man that was the father of the child. Um, That's the family members that, you know, come in and support. So I feel like um, as women and experiencing these certain situations, when we become or come into a better um, space within ourselves after experiencing fetal loss to really take the time out to sit down and chat with the people that were there to support us and to see how it has impacted them and to show them some form of appreciation for their support in our time of loss. And so also my cousin was also a really big, played a bit really big role in regards to my grandmother. And she really is uh, a spirit to reckon with her evolution when it comes to her focusing on her spiritual, physical, mental health, as well as incorporating things and and having the drive to teach people and our community about wellness and really taking care of ourselves. So in this podcast, I am going to touch on three chapters. And the three chapters that I have chose for my cousin, because I felt like they were so relative to her, were Planted, Front Porch, and Natural. I'm going to go into these three chapters, but prior to going into these three three chapters, I really want you guys to identify with something, and this is a key thing that I took away from just really thinking about what questions I would ask my cousin prior to beginning this podcast. And one thing that stuck out to me the most is I felt a sense of or a source that just really compelled me to say, you cannot give what you don't have. The reason why this is so big is because we're going to be speaking a lot about my grandmother and my grandmother got to a point where she gave so much, but she didn't really have much to give because she was at a space where she didn't give to herself. Um, I really believe when it comes to crushing your goals and dream chasing, most people fear failure, not realizing that the seeds that they're planting are not just for themselves, but it's also for others and your goals are for you but your purpose is to serve or be of a service to other people and I really want people to sit back and think like what is your contribution how are you contributing to this world what impact are you leaving on this earth I've seen my grandmother spend so much time playing a key factor in planting seeds for her children and planting seeds for her grandchildren and Some of us took advantage of them. Some of us chose not to. And I feel bad because she didn't get to reap the seeds that she had sown. Um, A lot of it was because she was in the generation of women that were taught to give to your children, give to your husband, and give to everyone else and forget about you. So I truly believe a lot of people go into service And they want to be of a service to others, but you can't go into it empty. And it's like they have the greatest intentions, but they forget to pour into themselves. And when you forget to pour into yourselves and you're giving something that you don't have within you, that's when it becomes painful. So planted is the first chapter that I'm going to touch base on. And I truly believe that I am not only being a service to myself in my evolutionary journey. And even though that my son may not choose the path that I'm on, however, I would love for him to choose even better, but I'm creating or planting seeds of self-love, of evolving so that he can have an example of a life that I would want for him. And so I'm going to go into this chapter and I will discuss what I was thinking as a result of me writing it. My grandmother enjoyed planting. Every day you would find her outside digging and planting things somewhere within the yard. I didn't understand why she would do so barefoot. I thought it was just a Southern thing. She was actually grounding, tuning into the beauty of the universe. Planting seeds was her high. She would nourish, nurture, and tend to her plants. The last thing I was able to give her was a bouquet of fuchsia-colored roses. This was my way to show my appreciation. While she was in the hospital, she was unable to care or serve others. Unfortunately, this was the first time she was able to focus on herself. I wanted to show her the harvest from her planting. I was one of the seeds. As I continue to grow, I truly hope she is able to see the results of the seeds she has planted. This chapter was written because my son was born two years after my grandmother had passed away. And um, I always wondered if she was proud of me. And my grandmother was the most meanest person ever. But she had the biggest heart. And her heart was huge, but she had created this wall because she didn't want to let anyone else in because she's been hurt so many times. But when it came down to her needing something, she knew exactly who to call and who she could depend on. And I grew close to my grandmother and with it being November, November is a reminder to me for one, both of my boys were um, to be born this month. And also November, during Thanksgiving, was when my water broke with London, and Thanksgiving Day of 2010 was the last time that I see my grandmother before she went into a cardiac arrest. So this is a very significant death in life month for me, Um, and I don't have to take it in a literal sense of death in life, but I mean a sense of you know letting go of things and and really. Reaping the benefits of other things. And so um, I've always wanted to know if she was proud of me. I, She never would express that when she was alive. That's just who she was. And she was never a very affectionate person. So me hearing whether or not she was a proud of me, that would have been one of the best things that I could ever receive as far as a gift. However, I have this sense of feeling that She is. So I no no longer need that validation. So Planted really was me showing appreciation for everything that she sacrificed. And even though people didn't understand her, they didn't understand her frustration and her confusion, she was giving all that she had to the point where she was completely depleted and still trying to give. And people forgot about her and forgot what she did for them. So Planted really is about identifying and appreciating the people that plant the seeds for us and knowing that things that you do don't just affect you, they affect those around you. So it's like really what type of seeds or what type of seeds are you planting? And I'm forever grateful for the seeds that she has planted. front porch. Everything about that home screams family, but its current physical state represents the status of our family, broken. I want to purchase this home back from the state because as a parent, I know how hard she worked to build a foundation for her children. She sacrificed her dreams for everyone else, and this is something she has taught me not to do. As a parent, we try to prepare our children for their futures financially. But a trust fund or home does not teach life's lessons. I was so disappointed seeing the home get sold because I knew what she sacrificed just to obtain it. I learned from her to give my son the fundamentals or what I would call the I teach you what I learned for you to aspire to be better and wiser than me fund. Money does nothing for someone who is not emotionally stable and prepared to receive. Anyone that knows my grandmother knows her love of the front porch of her own home. It was a closed-in porch that was shielded with glass. She observed her loved ones and life on the outside from this glass. It was her shield and her protection from people and the pain they brought. She knew everything about everyone even before they told her. She gave up on life, lost her faith, and the house wasn't a home anymore. She lost her husband and two children all in the same year. Her pain and anger was misunderstood. All the kids from the neighborhood feared her as she was the Grinch of the neighborhood. The front porch became her protection and shield, but it also magnified her fears. As her blood, I am taking it upon myself to break that shield and generational curse. I am shattering that barrier of glass and facing my fears. I am my grandmother, except I will use God as my shield. My faith has been tested on multiple occasions, but he has remained as my shield and guide through it all. Get off the front porch and step outside of your comfort zone to experience the beauty of life. Ask yourself, what have you chosen as your shield? Are you preparing for your blessings? Build your children to aspire to do more than you as a parent. Front Porch. Hmm. natural a couple of months after giving birth to my second son i decided to do the big chop if you're not aware of what this is you must be sleeping under a rock the big chop in the african-american culture is cutting all of your relaxed hair off until you're left with your natural hair i decided during this time that i wanted to return to my natural curl pattern it sounded like such a great idea and something easy to manage This was normal for me because I used to cut my hair every time I was going through a breakup or wanted a little change. It seemed easy, but I had no clue how attached we women are to our hair. The first day I cut it and went to the jail to work for night shift, I hid in the locker room during road call. I already was tired of explaining the diversity of my hairstyles to my Caucasian male co-workers. They would have they would always notice a change or new hairstyle and seemed to think I had this magic hair growth serum. This was when I was going between my natural length and eighteen inch weaves that night. I did not want to explain why I looked like my newborn son with about two inches of tight curls on my head. I knew eventually I would have to expose this new dew, but I preferred to hide in the dark and listen to the inmates roast my new dew for about a month. I tried to find ways to conceal my nakedness. I felt like I was baring my soul without my hair being able to cover my ears. Time passed and my curls and length were in not such an awkward phase. I enjoyed flat ironing and seeing the true length. Soon, I was ready to be adventurous and try other healthy hair straightening ideas. I decided to hit a local hairdresser and get a silk press. A silk press is a flat iron and an under dryer wrap that leaves kinky tresses silky straight and flowing. I didn't do much research on the hairstylist but figured she was black and knew how to deal with my hair type. I was so wrong. After one silk press and 12 months on a healthy hair natural journey, my natural curl pattern was gone. No deep conditioner or hair treatment could bring back a year of very minimal heat and gorgeous curl pattern. I was extremely disappointed, but what I did afterwards was an example of lacking self-love. I figured since it was damaged that I would just continue to do so. All it took was one person to damage the progress I made within that year. I, w- I finally was where I wanted my hair to be and looking forward to the years to come. I sacrificed and dealt with some serious emotional attachment to something that never made me Kiana. Similar to my natural hair journey, we as humans go through situations in life where one person or situation can, that can occur that takes us off our path or goals. They can put you in a situation where you have to hit the restart button. What about that diet and exercise you you've have incorporated in your life the last three months? You have been working so hard and one cheat day led to five. All the weight you worked so hard for you gained back. What I learned... From my natural hair journey is to not be so hard on myself. There are going to be some major setbacks when you make commitments to make changes. It's not the fall. It's what you choose to do after falling. If someone has hurt you and your heart was broken, it is smart for you to continue to allow is it smart for you to continue to allow others to do the same? We have a choice when the downfall occurs to either get back up or continue to damage. the very thing we allowed another outsider to do. To make a long story short, I plan on going back to my curls. The process is going to be a little easier emotionally because I plan on slowly cutting away the damage ends. It may take longer, but this time around, I will know better. Take it as a lesson learned, an opportunity to do better better the next time around. We all have been there, failed school and worked harder when given the second chance maybe failed at the first marriage, and learned more of what to expect for the next. My natural hair journey wasn't just about my hair. It was about returning back to the very thing I once was. It was to celebrate the hair God gave me. It was about returning to my natural state. It was about returning home. In this episode of London's Prince, I have invited someone that's very near and dear to me, someone that knows a lot about my story and has played a huge part in me growing up. She's been like a sister to me, um, practically as a sister because we were pretty much raised together. However, this is my cousin India Russell, who will be sharing with you her story. And in this podcast, which is going to be titled "Planted." Planted is a chapter in my book in which I discuss my concern about wondering if Graham was actually proud of things that I'm doing as of right now as the woman that I've become. And I thought that this would be an extremely important chapter for you as well because I feel like that's something similar that you may think. Um, and with us growing up in the same household, um, and having the experience with Graham, I felt like even though she didn't have the ability to chase her dreams and goals because she was pouring into everyone else, um, she planted some seeds for us, um, for us to become the women that we are today. So I want you to start off by introducing yourself to the listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself, include your name, um, tell them a little bit about your business and then we'll go from there
1: well hello everyone listening my name is india russell and i first want to give it back to kiana for um thank you for inviting me uh having me as a guest i feel honored and i'm happy to be here and so yeah i'm india russell and um You know, I am an employee by day, an entrepreneur by night, or all day long, I guess you should say. (laughs) Um, uh, So I kind of do a lifestyle brand where I help people um, become healthier. Um, Right now, I'm working with um, eating, so I help people eat healthier without having to be a vegan. Um, because most people do not want to be a vegan or a vegetarian or anything like that they just want to get healthier maybe lose weight or get off medication or just feel better get clearer skin everyone has different goals so um, i just help people take the baby steps to the transition phase and the rest is history from there and so my lifestyle brand is called veganish foodies and you can find um me on all social media platforms under that name veganish foodies um and i also have a sauce too um that um i sell uh so i actually hope that you got your package kiana in the mail i don't know I did,
0: I did, I was going to post it Okay,
1: awesome, well I'm glad that it came Because they said it was going to take a couple days So that's a side note, but yeah
0: I did, trust me, I was super excited So I'm going to actually post some photos of that as well <clears throat> So to kick this off um, I want to go into Planted So I chose three chapters specifically for you That I felt that were perfect for you um, So Planted is one of them Natural is uh the other one and then front porch is the last one okay. so I figured that we'll go into the heavier stuff first and then kind of end off on a good note Okay. so not saying that it's not a good note but um these are very emotional topics for us and I felt that um it would be better for us to end off in a you know much a lighter note so we'll start this off um, so I was considering planted, obviously. And so I wanted to ask you, in being as honest as possible, what was it like for you growing up? And if you could share how Graham became so significant in your life. All right. So when you think about that house on Bristol Street and the front porch, what immediately comes
1: to your mind? Graham sitting on it, looking at everybody walking down the street or whatever they're doing and smoking a cigarette in one hand, no shoes on her feet, no socks, (laughs) and maybe uh, some type of wig on her head and just talking about everybody. Like, "Mm, what y'all out here doing? Or she'll be out in the garden in the front doing something. Uh, right. Is everybody?
0: <laughs> Why do you think the front porch was so significant to her? Like, what? Like, everybody that knows Graham, like, all they think about is that front porch. Because it's like she used to sit out in the window, and that was like her front row seat to like everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. I think uh, you answered your own question. That <laughs> 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 is definitely. Um, I don't know from my perspective I think that that was like her escape from the house like outside of going to bingo she didn't really do anything outside of the house unless she was gardening so maybe that that was just like her getaway in a a, like a in a sense and I believe so too yeah, and then she likes being nosy. She's definitely nosy, so she ain't missing nothing um, to be able to have something to talk about uh, to somebody. And she likes to sit on the porch and read her papers and, yeah, smoke her cigarettes and give her opinion to everybody about however she felt about whatever she felt. <laughs> Right, and I was gonna say,
0: um, you know, I felt like she knew what was going on before we even told her, and it's like <clears throat> she could see us coming a mile away from coming up the street. Oh, I saw you coming up the street.
1: Mm-hmm. Be like, how would you see that? Because she would have blinds on the on the porch so if you ain't really know and if she ain't have the blinds open you don't know she on the porch she'd be on the porch she had binoculars and everything now I think <laughs> about it so, i was so. just about to say that too <laughs> that's mad funny a binocular is a police scanner she do everything so
0: <laughs> she knew that's everything funny. and so so um One thing that I do know is that I believe that personally, I believe Brim was going through an evolution and she didn't know what was going on with her. Mm -hmm. And I think our grandmother was far beyond her years. So in a way it's hard for me to explain it, but it was like she was evolving, but she lacked the education to know and the lack of knowledge within herself. So it's like, she was way beyond her years. She didn't know how to vocalize or kind of like say what was going on with her. But um, everything in regards to social media, everything she referenced in regards to television, the news, my grandmother literally started to, people thought she was losing her mind, but she was shutting everything out. Satellite dishes, everything. Cause she knew that it was a way for, the government to control people and to kind of get into people's personal businesses and she's an old southern woman and she just felt completely overwhelmed by how quickly everything was changing around her mm-hmm. and she came from a life that was very simple now see she so couldn't stand it I didn't like taking grams with us on vacations because she would want us to sit and wash walls and be outside gardening with her. I am the one that wanted to be in the amusement park. How important is family to you? And what are some things you see our family struggle with?
1: um where do i begin <laughs> no for real. um family is definitely important it is the key factor and like you know everything is the blueprint it's the foundation of you know sustaining a long generation of you know people that impact each other and work together stick together and um You know, because family is all that you have. So that's important. Um, What was the second part of the question about? And what are some
0: things you see our family struggle with?
1: Um, Communication, um, accountability. Mm. (laughs) And I'd say. Um, being able to uh, not hold grudges, you know, get over. Things. I guess that goes with communication because if you're able to communicate, you're able to solve the problem. So uh, maybe that's, I would say, communication, accountability, and a unity. There you go. That's a good one.
0: Yes, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> And if you got one last chance to speak to Graham, what would you say?
1: Um, that I appreciate you, a lot of lessons that you tried to teach me early on. Uh, Maybe I just wasn't that prepared for them, but I truly understand them and I will cherish them for her eternity, and I hope to, you know, pass down a lot of the things that I learned from you to my uh, future children, whenever I may have some, maybe growing up I roots, like I will never do anything that's like you've done to me, (laughs) but now I'm so appreciative of it, that I feel like it's a strong foundation for it. Hold on
0: one second. Yeah, you
1: keep going in and out. I don't
0: know if you're touching, putting your hand on your microphone.
1: No, maybe. Okay. Okay, can you hear me now? I'm yeah, sitting still. I'm literally in one spot sitting still. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're perfect.
1: Okay. Um. Yeah, so I feel like the foundation that you have laid for myself as well, for all of us is a strong foundation foundation that should be um key elements handed down to the next generation because we need sustainable individuals and strong individuals and Graham was both sustainable and strong and witty and fast and um you know straight to the point she didn't like take no shit (laughs) no
0: she didn't and i think that's where a lot of people and guess what it's so funny because um i i don't believe in coincidences and auntie lizzie called me yesterday really yes and so i always feel like she's the closest thing that i have to graham <clears throat> and i haven't spoke to her since i think it was last year and um she contacted me and said she wanted to you know purchase the book or whatever and she's sorry she couldn't make it um to the event she wanted to go but she didn't want to go alone and she didn't know you know some other family members were coming and we were just talking about that stuff and she was talking about how in our family we need to learn how to love each other and i told her i said i completely get what you're saying um she was basically saying how Graham wanted, like we were talking about how Graham was so harsh to people and she pushed people away, but she really wanted people there Mm -hmm. and only the, only the strong survive in circumstances like that. And if you've ever been in a situation where your faith has been tested and you're in a really um, bad space in your life, only the strong people that are meant to be in your life are going to withstand that because all your fake friends are not going to have the they're not going to have the ability to kind of like deal with that or they're not going to tolerate it for one and the people that really love you are going to stick around because they know that's not who you are right um and so auntie lizzie had touched base on that and i said but in my circumstances especially with my relationship with my mother i told her that you know sometimes it, it can become toxic where it's debilitating to you and you have to remove yourself from that situation and you can love them from a distance. And, um, it's funny because she kind of inspired me. So I had sent out her book and then I, I ended up sending out my mom a copy. Now I'm a little disappointed because, you know, I would expect from my mom. Cause if Micah wrote a book, I would buy 10,000 copies if I could, mm-hmm. um, as a supporter. And, um, I, you know, heard from someone that my mom was like, oh, she, she wants a free copy. And, um, I sent her out a copy and I wrote in it because it was, it was more so of a message. And I put picture, Micah's picture in there, one of his most recent school pictures. because we haven't spoke since almost last year. And, um, I wrote in it, I said, dreams do come true. You have to make them. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that to her because it was important for me to let her know that you will no longer inflict your reality on me. Mm-hmm. And, That's powerful. It's, and it's it's a form of love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love you and I love you from this distance, but this is where I have to put you because it was, it was making me disabled, it was disabling me. It was hindering me from achieving my dreams, and now that I've got them done, now it's it's just the beginning. But it's like I wanted you to see that.
1: So uh, I don't know No,
0: that's okay. But we're about to change somebody's life. That's why it keeps getting disconnected. I keep telling people, this is exactly what life is about. This is what entrepreneurship is about. You will continuously be tested. You will struggle and things may not go right away, but don't give up. And so this interview is a prime example of that. Um, This is very strange. I've never had it to where this is disconnected at least about 10 times now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want people to understand that when you are doing God's work or you are about to change somebody's life, it's not going to come easy. Um, so yes, but in, I don't know if you remember this or not, but, um, you had, uh, last time I gave, yeah. So last time I met seen Graham, I had brought her these future colored roses. They were like, this pretty color. And they were different and so Graham raved to everybody in the freaking hospital about the damn flowers because you know how she is about flowers Mm -hmm. and um so I was like I didn't think it was a big thing I just bought these roses you brought me those same roses in the hospital when I gave birth to London
1: same color no I didn't know that yeah you did that's freaky (laughs) <laughs>
0: you brought me those same colored roses. I kept them. It's in his, well, I kept them in his box, which I let go of the box. But um, I kept one of the rose roses and I it dried up or whatever, but it still had its color. And you brought me those same colored flowers in the hospital,
1: which is crazy. Wow. Um, yeah. That's freaky. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, see, everything's connected. It definitely um, is. Amazing and you don't think so but um, yeah I think that um, it was definitely an experience for um, yourself and I felt like um, it affected people around you whether they want to address it or not Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I think overall the most person that it affected was definitely you but I um, looking back from now until then, um, it's definitely um, made you uh, more stronger and more, uh, you know, don't take shit from anybody because uh, um, that has taken, like, a long time to come around. Like, For me. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always been, like, the, like, a uh, I one and you're always like, no, you don't be nice, like, whatever. I'm like, screw that. Like, I'll cut the money out in a heartbeat. <laughs> so, I feel like you gained that. Um, and not, I don't think like it's negative or anything, but I just feel like you have gained that factor. Like, I'm like, I'm superwoman. Like, I'm not going to take shit from anybody. Like, you don't know what I just went through and I'm still here. So, <laughs> Right.
0: And, and it's so funny because a lot of people don't know that. So, like, with India, like, my cousin, like, she was the one that if anybody said anything about me or anybody wanted to fight me, it was just like an automatic, okay, what's up? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I never had to argue if she was around. I never had to do anything. But it was so crazy because we were complete opposites in that manner. Um, She was like this tough little girl. And her, like, because of her upbringing, she always felt like she needed to protect herself and the things that she loved. Mm -hmm. And so... I was one of them, and with me, I was trying to teach her to be a little bit softer, <laughs> and to and to learn to forgive, and to understand that not everybody is there to hurt her, or did they want? Did everybody want something from her? And um, it's it's crazy because when you're you are brought up that way or sometimes when you know people that are supposed to love you hurt you and stuff like that you do build that sense of a wall but um we learned a lot from each other and it took me a very long time to get to this point um to not take any shit from anybody and I'm still working on it because I've identified with the fact that now that I'm in this new position of who I am now um a lot of people still visit me as the old or look at me as this old the same person that they disrespected before so sometimes you can't change people's mind about you um but i'm like at this point i don't care if you don't like me but it's you you will respect me
1: yes okay (laughs) r-e-s-e-u-c-t find out what it means to me (laughs) (laughs)
0: Very prominent, especially with Black women. Um, And, you know, the reason why I asked you, how did it affect you personally as well? Um, Can you share your experience with you um, trying to conceive and then your experience um, that you haven't actually shared, which I appreciate you even being vulnerable and sharing this story?
1: Um, Yeah. Um, So I guess watching you go through what you went through um was definitely like a out-of-body experience like I didn't know how to take it I was just like how can you deal with that like I don't I was so I was like if I was in those shoes like I don't think that I think that that would like break me because of how emotional I am and um so fast forward you know, maybe five, six years later, um, I experienced my own uh, fetal loss. And it's funny because when that happened to me, I did uh, think of you. um, And I just thought, like, it broke me because I was not that far along, like, two months. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, if I had to go, like, full term, like, like, you did and still, like, having to birth a dead baby was like so like um shocking to me <laughs> right so even when i think about it and talk about it now it's still it's kind of like why would someone force you to do that it's it's already traumatizing enough so um yeah um so i thought of that so i suffered a ectopic pregnancy um where for those who may not know um atopic pregnancy is where the uh fetus is growing in your fallopian tubes which can only go for so long um until something happens and for myself it went uh unbeknownst to me until it ruptured um which i experienced and when i experienced it um I didn't know what was happening, what was going on. It was just like, I was in a lot of pain, like suddenly. Like, I just felt like all this pressure. Um And I had no clue what was going on. I just know it felt like I had to go to the bathroom. So none of that was going down. <laughs> right. Um, it was just like, I can't go. And I have like this crazy pressure and I don't know how to explain it. It was just, like, terrible. And, um, you know, Black people are not as adamant as going to the hospital as maybe other people. So I'm like, I'm not, even though I was in so much pain, like, I am not going to the hospital. like I Unless
0: you're about to die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I felt like I was dying. Like, I knew something was wrong. Like, clearly something is wrong. Like, but I'm like, I'm not going. And then um, all of a sudden I felt this like expansion and then something burst on my right side and um the pain got like 10 times worse and so I couldn't take another second of it and I went to the hospital and they're like oh um is there a chance that you're pregnant and I'm like no, I don't no, I don't think so. Like that was like the furthest thing from my mind. Like, what are you talking about? No. And so they're like, oh well, you know, still gonna do routine, whatever. And so, um, yeah, it came back that I was and it was just like, huh? Like, what? <laughs> and so I went from like the craziest emotions from like super excited, overwhelmed to very sad, like in sixty seconds. and um I didn't I still didn't know what was going on like I have a extensive background in healthcare and I have knowledge on um you know ectopic pregnancies um but I I guess it's different experiencing than reading something or having someone else tell you about it I agree So, (laughs) so I'm like um trying to see like if there's anything that I could do like to save it because like I didn't know I'm just knowing like what's going on and so when they were taking me to get um you know for ultrasounds and all that um they couldn't see anything like they didn't see any any signs it was weird they're saying they weren't seeing any signs of pregnancy but on the um test that they had me take for urine like the HCG or whatever that number, yeah, is. It's that HCG. number was like 25,000. <laughs> it was coming back reading, so um, they're like, We have to do, we're just gonna have to do an emergency surgery because we don't know which side it is, and but I'm saying like it's my right side, and they're like, Yeah, but with pregnancy, like you don't know, like how you could. have something on the other side and we just want to make sure so i had to like go to the hospital which i didn't want to do from jumpstart and i had to be like rushed to have him okay yeah so i had to have emergency surgery and i was saying that that was 2017 so that was october 26 2017 and 2017 was like I spent a lot of 2017 crying (laughs) honestly um it was just like another rough year for me feeling like I'm going backwards because just at that year I couldn't I'm back I found myself back not um having a job and couldn't find a job and it was just like (laughs) um still pushing all my entrepreneur stuff um on the outside but on the inside like I'm really struggling going through it so um yeah so that happened I remember getting out of surgery and just feeling like empty and um trying to process it like why did that just happen to me um and at the time I still couldn't process it I'm and I'm going through like all these um emotions like blaming myself like oh or maybe it was because you know I've been on uh birth control which we know now right cause so many different harmful things in the body and obviously makes you infertile so and I've been on birth control since before I had sex and even knew anything about it like why didn't someone educate us before they just us on this crap but so um could have been um that, you know, I don't know, a a plethora of things. So I just was um, really trying to process it. I didn't know what to think about it. And um, I remember right before I left the uh, hospital, getting an email (laughs) um, saying that I had got um, accepted as a job that I do now uh, working with children that have autism. So it was kind of ironic on the same day like oh I just in happiness. this well why is why am I getting this job now working with children that I really didn't really want to do from jumpstart it was just something that was like applying to like a million bazillion things at that time right so I really thought that that was ironic and um uh I went through yeah just like a couple of sad weeks because I remember uh, being numb to it and then maybe waking up like a week later and then remembering like oh when I felt that you know um rise on my side and then that burst like oh that was my baby that bursted so I remember just being in the bathroom like crying for like two hours like it was like hitting me later right. um what happened to me so and then I just started doing like research on it And that made me get all more messed up And get more sad Because um, they told me like Oh my my chances wouldn't change I would still be able to get um, pregnant um, But when I looked up a lot of stuff A lot of stuff was saying like Just a 50% chance And I mean I guess I, sh- I can still be happy About the 50% chance um, Don't but- listen
0: to statistics Or any percentages what's meant for you will be for you and everything happens in divine timing i'm a one percent person so when i think of one percent most one percent um experience stillbirths the fuck i want a one percent of me winning the goddamn lottery that was 960 billion just recently right Right.
1: that's a one (laughs)
0: percent like one percent people get hit with lightning so when you have exactly. a chance of 50%, I mean, when something's meant for you and and if it's on that path, but don't ever listen to anybody else's numbers.
1: Um yeah, I agree with that. I definitely um agree with that. And um I would say, yeah, the a takeaway that I took away from that is um a quote that I like to say, the house you live in or the words you speak will be the house you live in. And looking back because it's been a year now since that happened and so like I said I was trying to process it and I couldn't and I was blaming myself for um, all these different reasons um, that and I just felt like oh it could have been prevented and why did that happened because you know for one for the people that's listening is that I always went through like crazy phases as far as thinking about motherhood and Having a family and all that stuff. And because, like, I come from a broken home, I just never wanted um, to basically have children and then have maybe the same thing happen to where, like, um, we're not, um, I'm not with a father and my kids grew up with a father. I grew up with a father. I grew up without a mother, too. So it's kind of just like always been like a touchy thing. Mm-hmm. But I did also. Have the curiosity of like motherhood when I was younger until I took like one of those classes you take and you take the baby home. And then that baby started crying all through the night. I'm like, I like my sleep. So I don't know if this (laughs) is really for me. (laughs) And then, like, from there, it was just like we grew up and then, um, 90s and then in the early 2000s they really pushed heavily for our era to not think about babies and motherhood and just like get a degree and make money and you don't need a man and just do you and be independent so I was on that wave really heavily like I ain't thinking about no kids like I'm not trying to be making a family and all that stuff so when that did happen to me last year um, I do remember even thinking when I found out like, oh, am I gonna be a good mom? And yes. I'm not sure about the whole thing. So I was feeling like maybe because I've been so negative about that, I like asked for that to happen to me or something crazy like that. <laughs> I don't know. But um, now looking back on it, um, I'm a big believer in the universe and what you put out there or what you ask for, you will get on like the universe's timing not really on your timing and um I do remember just like a couple years ago because I have been being more open to even thinking about being a mom and wanting kids but I noticed that even because I was being more curious and having more conversations that I was missing like um what I would say the mom factor like oh like I'm really good with kids kids love me but like You know, when people like see babies and they're just like, oh, they're so cute. I want to have another or, oh, they're so cute. Like, let me babysit your baby. Like, I was not that person. So I was just feeling like I was missing like some motherly connection because I'm not connected with my mom Mm -hmm. whatsoever. So I'm just like, um, I need that. Like, whatever it is, I need something to happen to me or something to... I don't really feel like I never had a motherly connection because I didn't have a connection with my mom. And whenever I tried to seek or build one, it was always um, destroyed. Um, And I never really got whatever I was seeking from my mom. So I always kind of just felt empty as far as that was concerned. And like I said, like I was really good with kids and babies but i never was that person like oh i want to have some kids when i see other kids like it inspires me to be like yeah i want to have a baby or like oh let me take your kids for the week or something like that I'm like no like when you leave take your kids with you too like even, <laughs> even with my nephews like i would go and take them and do stuff with them but when they get in on my nerves i would bring them right back home like it was only short-lived so i will always be like i take my hat off to people that have kids and they go to work and they go to school like when I go to school and work and I come home I'm tired so I will always be like horrified like if I had kids to come home to and they're running around they're screaming and they're oh no that is not for me so (laughs) I've always been like that as far as kids are concerned and I never would be like see kids and be like oh they're so cute I always always think like oh when do they sleep and how <laughs> does your day go I would never be like they're cute things so I so I started like asking for that because I started just being more open to be like oh maybe I would be a good mom and maybe I am just getting older and it seems like everyone around me like all of the family has kids all the friends I grew up with has kids like I'm the only one that doesn't have any kids So it just started to be like, um, maybe I do. And then I started uh, dating like a great guy that I started to be like, oh, maybe I could see myself um, making a family with this person. So I started to have all those things and I still was just missing that motherly thing. So I started to say out loud and write down that I need something. I don't know what I'm asking for or what, but I need something to make me have that connection.
0: So let me just tell you this. And this is just from me listening to you. Um, for one, any mom or any woman that... <clears throat> <is> in- <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a cold. <clears throat> Anyone that's interested in conceiving or wants to have a child or is con- has conceived and they're questioning whether they're going to be a good mother, they already are. Okay. Um, because if you have the ability to ask that question and that drive to want to be, because anytime you ask a question like that, you want to improve yourself. Any person that wants to improve themselves is a great parent because your evolution contributes to your child's path. And the greater that you are to seek the best version of yourself, that creates a better foundation for your child. I feel like a lot of parents that are stagnant and that are comfortable where they are it's like i am who i am i'm not going to change that's not a good parent any person that doesn't ask themselves am i going to be a good parent is is making a decision to create a child um not considering where they are right now and how that could affect their child so just for you to ask that question is more than enough and as far as the um the nurturing aspect I, I the same stuff that you're saying right now I feel that way about people with multiple children mm-hmm. so you know how I am about having another child I just I I don't I don't I hate to say this and I'm sure a lot of people have heard this before but I don't really like everybody else's kids
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to say that it's it's I'm not saying that I I don't Let's just say sometimes obviously your people's kids are a reflection of who they are. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing that I wanted to go into because um, we're getting closer to the towards the end mm-hmm. uh, and we definitely can um, you know, touch base on another episode. However, um, I really believe that to evolve is to grow spiritually, mentally, and physically, and you are coming up to your Jesus year. You're 33.
1: (laughs) That's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: (laughs) three is a very significant other, uh, number. And, um, you know, with your birthday coming up December 9th, and I think it's pretty amazing because, um, you know three is the holy trinity and to be honest with you i think you got a jump start before you even hit 33 of you really trying to evolve spiritually mentally and physically so in this next year what areas do you look to focus on on this next year
1: oh wow good question i look to focus on most definitely this is and making um, the most money I've ever made each year, moving on, going, getting better. That is definitely one of my uh, goals, being literate and being stress-free. Free free on all levels of life, you know, stress-free, (laughs) <laughs> uh, just free on every day I just want to wake up every day happy and able to control my time and my money that's like, my ultimate goal I'm that's always awesome. working on that <laughs> <coughs> um, I shouldn't say like I'm really focused on like becoming a mom but it's something that's there in the back of my head maybe more frequently than usual. Um, so I would say like that's on my forefront, but uh, I do look forward to that. Uh, if that's in the near coming future, I will embrace that. Um, I do look forward to, or working on, uh, building better, stronger relationships with my uh, family uh, because it's very, um, disconnected and null and void at this point in time and uh, i guess that that i want to be more open to um building a relationship
0: interestingly that you say that because i actually got a phone call from your sister yesterday or the day before because she wanted to um she wanted to be reminded of micah's birthday Mm -hmm. And I actually was going to invite her on this podcast, but I think that she worked night shift. Um, But however, she had mentioned to me something in regards to you too. And I feel like um, there's just a level of miscommunication there. Mm -hmm. So there is that desire for um, family and and connection. Um, Sometimes we just have to move past the fear phase and um I believe on both parts you know it 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 just seems like there was miscommunication I don't know what happened but um she's been mentioning something to the extent of you reaching out so she was actually going to be a part of this podcast I didn't want to surprise you because um I I didn't want to get cussed out on on the podcast
1: (laughs) now I like surprises but not those kind of surprises
0: (laughs) I know so listen, she does not like seeing family members or people that she has not talked to in a very long time. And every time she's with me, there's always somebody. But I really feel like the reason why I'm there is because I'm like the angel on the other side of her shoulder.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm telling her, just please forgive them. It's been years.
1: <laughs> what? Seriously, it is notorious that whenever we get together that we're running into somebody. I'm like, come on. <laughs> so, I haven't you yeah, so, in however long and today of all days. Right. About- <laughs> so this
0: always happens, so I find that funny. But yeah, so that I could definitely see the rekindle rekindling of your relationships. Um definitely um something that will be going on in your thirty-three year, your Jesus year. So um So, what triggered you to change your diet and your lifestyle? And just to let the listeners know, Mindful Eating has become a daily practice for India, and she has been inspired to educate others on the importance of a plant-based diet. Um, Tell the listeners about your company, Veganish Foodies, and what services and products you offer?
1: So, Veganish Foodies is my lifestyle brand that is for people who want to eat healthier without having to be a vegan. <laughs> so, it's for anyone any age who's just looking to get healthier, you know, you may not want to um, eliminate everything out of your diet and I don't teach or practice elimination. I practice replacement. And so that's what I teach people is to replace one thing at a time and it doesn't have to be every meal you can um try to do something maybe you choose every day for lunch i'm gonna incorporate one new healthy thing and just go from there but i just ask for people to start somewhere and you may have an idea of where you want to start and i can help you um get that started so as of right now um i provide uh, meals for people um I'm looking into doing some meal um, planning or prepping or a catering type of thing. But right now, if you're locally in the um, Springfield, Mass area, you can get my meals locally. Um, I share on my Instagram and Facebook when I am providing the meals so you can follow me at veganish foodies on Facebook and Instagram YouTube basically all social media platforms I'm dominating on so follow me on everything Um, I have a sauce a veganish sauce that goes on anything it doesn't even have to be healthy things (laughs) it can be literally anything it makes everything else taste so much better i have an ebook and i have um a recipe book that i am working on that is going to be available soon and i am also holding uh food tastings because i want to get people excited about um, being healthy when people hear the word healthy or vegan or anything that has to do with being better option for them uh, people get scared and i want to help relieve that and not do it in a threatening way, but do it in an inspiring way. So be sure to follow Vegan & That is awesome.
0: So I just want to thank you for taking the time out to do this podcast. It was a whirlwind because I've never had to (laughs) do this. Send multiple um, requests to join because we kept getting our call dropped. But today is a pretty profound day. It's 11-11-11. We are manifesting and creating. um, So what we're speaking today is pretty powerful, and hopefully we have the ability to change people's lives. And I also wanted to tell you that I know that if Grandma was here today, she would be extremely proud of of us um, for how far we've come. And in reference to us really pouring into ourselves and being dream chasers. And I feel like we you can't give what you don't have. And when it comes to crushing goals and dreams, um, dream chasing, most people fear failure and not realizing that they're planting seeds. And if it's not for just themselves, it's for others. And, uh, you know, I just think what you're doing is pretty amazing. And keep doing what you're doing. I love you. And, You know, just keep pushing.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, As we close out, I would like to say, I love you more. And um, uh, thank you for inviting me on to be a guest. Uh, I feel honored. Um, Before I go, I would like to say, uh, the one thing that I didn't get to mention about Graham that um, will always stick with me is that I always would ask myself, if I was in her shoes, would I have done what she did? Like if I was in my 50s with my own six kids and they were all grown and now I have my grandkids, but basically my job is over, would I take in a 10 year old, a five year old and an eight month old? And I always really didn't think that I would be able to do something like that. So um, I think that in that manner, Um, that makes Graham strong and that's my memory of her that I think she is an outstanding woman and um, she wanted to give and she gave all that she had and more and um, I miss her a lot. One thing that I learned from her and I feel like she's with
0: me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. And and I feel like um, which is funny because she really didn't like me that much, but she knew, she knew who to count on. Like, it's so funny. Like we would not talk, but she was like, uh, I'm gonna call Kiana to make me dinner or something like that. Cause she knew that me and you were the ones that would be there if we needed, she needed us to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, but one thing she has taught me is that, um, to be a service to others, I cannot be a service to others empty. And um, Graham had the greatest intentions and she did so much for everyone else. And she was so powerful and had um, changed many people's lives. But she forgot to pour into herself, which is the key person. And, you know, I feel like that's where the the pain comes from because when you're filled you don't worry about whether or not you're going to receive it back from anybody else or not only that but it's not taking away from you you can't go into something negative and keep depleting from that account and I think that's exactly what she was doing and she kept giving what she wasn't able to even give to herself anymore and that becomes painful so Um, I really feel like We are really filling our cups, spending time with people that really mean stuff to mean to us. They're they're cup fullers, people that you have in your life right now. You're just really out there meeting really positive people. And even if it has to be outside of the family. And one thing that I do know is that we have turned into probably the black sheeps of the family just because we choose to want differently.
1: Mm -hmm. And that is okay. I've always been in Black Sheep, so I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, and that I, is okay. But, um, yeah, but before you go, I want to say, Graham, you was right about the government. We all use the cell phones. People got Alexa. Hey, Alexa, can you tell me what time it is? Okay, they they got inside access. And as I say that because she will always tell us, like, get rid of all the electronics get rid of your cell phone, get rid of your TV. She would been covering up the TV with some tape, okay? Before it was a thing to do on your computers, covering up your cameras. She'd say there's cameras in in the computers, there's cameras in the TVs. And we would be like, no, there is not.
0: But yes, no, I don't like everybody else's kids. And when it comes to the nurturing aspect, you already have it because I see it. And with you becoming the best version of yourself in a spiritual, mental, and physical manner, you're going to be a great mother. And when you have your own child, that unconditional love that you have, you're a nurturer by nature. It's by nature. So whatever seeds that are planted for you when it comes to you conceiving, I already know you're
1: going to be an excellent mom. So... Don't thank even you think like that. That. I appreciate that. And you are an excellent mom about to have a six-year-old. Wow. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> Where did the time go? That's so crazy. It doesn't seem like that was no, awesome. it doesn't.
0: So I'm gonna go into the natural aspect. We're gonna go off on this. And thank you so much for sharing that story. This is the first time with her sharing the story um she has talked to me about it she does not share a lot about her personal stuff so um you guys are in for a treat and um it's important that you share that story because there is a young woman out there a woman right now that is going through exactly what you went through so I appreciate it you're welcome and so natural so natural is another aspect of my um chapters and I talk about doing the chop, shaving my head off, all types of stuff. And I've done the whole natural thing a couple of times. I've tried it a couple of times anyways. And, um, I think it's really important, um, that we are mindful about what we put in our body, what we put on our bodies and you are the perfect person for this. And so Um, this chapter I just wanted you to go in about your own natural experience in when did you decide to go natural with your hair and how was the experience for you
1: wow um I would say around 25 ish I decided well I started just asking myself because you know I always um wore weaves and sew-ins and all that good stuff and as I was getting older and just like finding myself I'm like I couldn't I couldn't um, answer the question why did I wear weaves like I couldn't find a real answer that was like legitimately my answer. Besides the stuff that everyone says, like, oh, it's a protective style. Oh, it's simpler, it's easier, or I just like it. Um, I didn't really have an answer. And I found that pretty bizarre because I've been wearing weaves since I was a teenager. And then one day I um, it hit me that like, oh, I'm only doing what I see Um, Everyone else around me doing like the people I love, you know, all the aunts and cousins that I grew up with, um, all were wigs or weaves. And so, you know, um, we went through the process of um, having our hair permed. Like, as soon as you get old enough to where they don't want to do your hair, if you don't learn how to do your own hair, like you're gonna get a perm because it's just easier to manage, or you're gonna get a hot comb or something. So perms were more of the go-to because a hot comb only lasts for so long with straight hair and the perm would last longer so um, you know after that it was kind of like being in a sorority like you had to get a perm and then once you get to like a teenager um, you can um, get your hair done at the hairdresser and get a weave in so it was kind of like an addicting thing and everyone around us did it and you know we grew up watching videos and everyone in the videos had the long flowy hair, everybody wanted to have, you know, the Beyonce hair, and all that stuff, so besides all that, um, that just was still not a good enough thing for me. I felt like I was being a follower, and I'm I'm really big on that, like, I don't, I mean, I guess now following people is the thing to do, but at that <laughs> time, like, I don't want to be a follower. Like, I don't want to just do something and not know, one, not know why I'm doing it, Two, only doing it because I'm being a product of my environment and I want to be in control of myself so um, even though I made that decision um, I wore my hair out because at this time my hair had grew mad long
0: triggered you to change your diet and your lifestyle and just to let the listeners know mindful eating has become a daily practice for India and she has been inspired to educate others on the importance of a plant-based diet um, tell the listeners about your company veganish foodies and what services and products you offer
1: so veganish foodies is my lifestyle brand that Is for people who want to eat healthier without having to be a vegan (laughs) so it's for anyone any age who's just looking to get healthier you know you may not want to um, eliminate everything out of your diet and I don't teach or practice elimination I practice replacement and so that's what I teach people is to replace one thing at a time and it doesn't have to be every meal you can um try to do something maybe you choose every day for lunch i'm gonna incorporate one new healthy thing and just go from there but i just ask for people to start somewhere and you may have an idea of where you want to start and i can help you um get that started so as of right now um i provide uh, meals for people um I'm looking into doing some meal um, planning or prepping or a catering type of thing. But right now, if you're locally in the um, Springfield, Mass area, you can get my meals locally. Um, I share on my Instagram and Facebook when I am providing the meals, so you can follow me at Veganish Foodies on Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, basically all social media platforms I'm dominating on. So follow me on everything. Um, I have a sauce, a veganish sauce that goes on anything. It doesn't even have to be healthy things. <laughs> it can be literally anything. It makes everything else taste so much better. Um, i have an ebook and i have um a recipe book that i am working on that is going to be available soon and i'm also holding uh, food tastings because i want to get people excited about um, being healthy when people hear the word healthy or vegan or anything that has to do with being better option for them uh, people get scared and i want to help relieve that and not do it in a threatening way, but do it in an inspiring way. So be sure to follow Vegan & That
0: is awesome. So I just want to thank you for taking the time out to do this podcast. It was a whirlwind because I've never had to (laughs) do this. Send multiple um, requests to join because we kept getting our call dropped. But today is a pretty profound day. It's 11-11-11. We are manifesting and creating. um, So what we're speaking today is pretty powerful and hopefully we have the ability to change people's lives. And I also wanted to tell you that I know that if Grandma was here today, she would be extremely proud of of us um, for how far we've come. And in reference to us really pouring into ourselves and being dream chasers. And I feel like we, you can't give what you don't have. And when it comes to crushing goals and dreams, um, dream chasing, most people fear failure and not realizing that they're planting seeds. And if it's not for just themselves, it's for others. And, uh, you know, I just think what you're doing is pretty amazing and keep doing what you're doing. I love you. And, You know, just keep pushing.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, As we close out, I would like to say I love you more. And um, uh, thank you for inviting me on to be a guest. Uh, I feel honored. Um, Before I go, I would like to say uh, the one thing that I didn't get to mention about Graham that um, will always stick with me is that I always would ask myself, if I was in her shoes, would I have done what she did? Like if I was in my 50s with my own six kids and they were all grown and now I have my grandkids, but basically my job is over, would I take in a 10 year old, a five year old and an eight month old? And I always really didn't think that I would be able to do something like that. So um, I think that in that manner, um that makes Graham strong and that's my memory of her that I think she is an outstanding woman and um she wanted to give and she gave all that she had and more and um, I miss her a lot one thing that I learned
0: from her and I feel like she's with me all the time (laughs) (laughs) I agree and I feel like um which is funny because she really didn't like me that much, but she knew, she knew who to count on. Like, it's so funny. Like we would not talk, but she was like, uh, I'm gonna call Kiana to make me dinner or something like that. Cause she knew that me and you were the ones that would be there if we needed, she needed us to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, but one thing she has taught me is that, um, to be a service to others, I cannot be a service to others empty. And um, Graham had the greatest intentions and she did so much for everyone else. And she was so powerful and had um, changed many people's lives. But she forgot to pour into herself, which is the key person. And, you know, I feel like that's where the the pain comes from because when you're filled you don't worry about whether or not you're going to receive it back from anybody else or not only that but it's not taking away from you you can't go into something negative and keep depleting from that account and I think that's exactly what she was doing and she kept giving what she wasn't able to even give to herself anymore and that becomes painful so um, I really feel like we are really filling our cups, spending time with people that really mean stuff, to mean to us. They're, they're cup fullers, people that you have in your life right now. You're just really out there meeting really positive people. And even if it has to be outside of the family. And one thing that I do know is that we have turned into probably the black sheeps of the family just because mm-hmm. we choose to want differently. Mm-hmm. And that is
1: okay i always been in black shoes so i'm okay <laughs> <laughs> I, and that I, is
0: okay
1: but um yeah but before you go i want to say graham you was right about the government we all use the cell phones people got alexa hey alexa can you tell me what time it is okay they get they got inside access and as i say that because she will always tell us like get rid of all the electronics get rid of your cell phone, get rid of your TV. She would been covering up the TV with some tape, okay? Before it was a thing to do on your computers, covering up your cameras. She'd say there's cameras in in the computers, there's cameras in the TVs. And we would be like, no, there is not.